Hello, and welcome to this edition of Café Klingendal, the podcast series of the Klingendal Institute. My name is Rem Korteweg, Senior Research Fellow at Klingendal, and I'm joined today by Sinan Ulgen. Sinan is a Turkey specialist and chairman of the Center for Economics and Foreign Policy Studies, an Istanbul-based think tank and visiting scholar at Carnegie Europe in Brussels. His research focuses mostly on Turkish foreign policy, EU-Turkey relations, transatlantic relations, basically everything that has to do with Turkey in this day and age. Sinan, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, and let's jump right in. The EU-Turkey relationship is going through a rough patch, to say the least. The accession talks seem to have stalled. Uh, modernization of the customs union is moving uh, only slowly forward. There have been tensions between Turkey and a number of uh, states in, in Europe over the past years. There's been the aftermath of the coup attempt in 2016, which has also raised obstacles to moving the relationship forward. I'd like to get your assessment about where we stand today in the EU-Turkey relationship and what we can expect in the coming uh, months ahead. Uh, thank you, Rem. Uh, for long, the EU-Turkey relationship was predicated on the assumption that uh, the driving uh, momentum of this relationship was accession. And so when Turkey uh, especially uh, was declared candidate status back in 1999, then uh, was given a date to start its accession. The accession talks started uh, in October uh, 2005, uh, the same day as Croatia, incidentally. Uh, so, and that was really uh, the overriding uh, paradigm uh, that defined uh, the tune of the relationship. Today, that certainly remains uh, the official discourse. Uh, it is uh, still uh, on the table. But uh, as you rightly pointed out, today all momentum is lost on the accession track and uh, the credibility of the accession goal is also greatly undermined. Uh, it is undermined because of uh, developments back in Turkey in terms of deterioration of the democratic environment, but it's also been undermined because of developments in Europe with the rise of uh, populist parties, far-right parties that are now in government in also in a number of European countries. So as a whole, the political objective that long did provide uh, momentum, direction and vision uh, to this relationship is now lost. So the question is, what do we do under these circumstances? There is a little willingness, as things stand, to pull the plug uh, on the accession track. In Turkey, there is little willingness, and in Europe as well, even though there has been uh, some governments uh, that did table uh, this demand, uh, the EU will need unanimity uh, to formally decide on this, so there is no unanimity on this, even there is no qualified majority on this. So therefore, the accession track will remain in place, dormant, until the environment improves enough, both in Turkey and in Europe, to revitalize this process. That is certainly not imminent, uh, the way that I see it, but it can remain as a, as a distant objective. So the question is, what do we have as a, not so much as a substitute, but as a complementary framework uh, to accession? And this is where we have so far uh, failed on both sides, 
to really create a strong enough complementary framework to accession. Today, we do have elements of cooperation between Turkey and the EU. Uh, the refugee deal, for instance, you know, now uh, a bit more than two years old. Uh, we have cooperation on counterterrorism. We have the current customs union uh, in place. So there are indeed elements of cooperation, baskets of cooperation. But they don't really add up to a uh, very well-defined strategic framework of cooperation uh, that can provide the type of benefits uh, for both sides the way that the accession track uh, used to do. Uh, that is our challenge today. So we are in a process of redefinition. Uh, some would argue as an alternative to accession. I would argue as a complementary mm. framework to accession but definitely in a period of redefinition of the relationship that will be shaped both by political events in Turkey, by political events in Europe, but also very possibly uh, by uh, the impact of Brexit and the institutional aspect of the arrangement uh, that will come with Brexit. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about Brexit and how it might impact the EU-Turkey relationship. The negotiations are still ongoing. We don't yet know where they're going to end. The most positive assessment is that we will have a withdrawal agreement in place in March 2019, a transition phase, and then formally in December 2020, the UK leaves and has a new relationship. How do you think that new relationship between the UK and the EU can inject new momentum in redefining the relationship between the EU and Turkey? It will be a newly devised framework of relationship with a country that obviously used to be a EU member, but having left the EU, wants nonetheless to retain uh, a deep association with the EU. That is unique to Brexit. And the way that that deep association is going to be defined, identified, will be uh, very important, almost may set a precedent for a country like Turkey that sees its accession track being blocked for a host of reasons, but still wants to develop a deeper relationship, given that membership uh, may not be on the agenda for the foreseeable future. So therefore, whatever type of institutional arrangements will be part of Brexit, whether they have to do with the trade relationship, whether they have to do with the security and defense relationship, whether even they have to do with the home affairs, you know, justice and home affairs uh, pillar, all of those will be very interesting uh, because they might indeed uh, set a precedent in terms of how mm -hmm. the EU will start to cooperate with a country on the basis of a framework that today is still not in existence. Here we're not talking about replicating mm. EEA, we're not talking about replicating the strategic partnership frameworks that the EU has with you know, China, US and so on. So this is going to be a different set of arrangements if Brexit succeeds mm -hmm. and therefore all the uh, institutional underpinnings of that new arrangement uh, might indeed be uh, a precedent for Turkey. It's an interesting idea that the UK-EU relations can work as a catalyst for redefining the relationship with Turkey. I have to say that a lot of water will have to flow through the Thames before 
I am comfortable in saying that we are heading towards a very constructive UK-EU deal. I think the risk of failure is still very much among us. And at the same time, a lot of water will flow through the Bosporus in the meantime as well, particularly given the electoral cycle. So elections are due in late 2019 in Turkey. Uh, that would predate a final Brexit deal. What, what do you expect in the run-up to the elections of 2019? And could they perhaps even uh, happen sooner? The uh, elections could happen sooner. There certainly is uh, that hypothesis, even though the formal date for the uh, presidential and parliamentary elections are set for November 2019. Uh, the government uh, can easily pass a law in parliament, given that they control the majority in parliament, uh, to have anticipated elections. If there were to be anticipated elections, we would expect those to be held uh, possibly before the end of this year, probably around uh, November uh, of 2018. So that's, that's a possibility that certainly cannot be ruled out. In terms of how this would impact the relationship with Europe, is that, uh, as we have seen in recent past, the uh, electoral environment is not necessarily conducive to uh, building a, a revitalized relationship with the EU. Uh, it creates an atmosphere at home where uh, policy initiatives uh, are much, much more difficult to advance. Uh, policies uh, can be instrumentalized. Uh, there is more room for uh, populism uh, under electoral conditions. Uh, and that's why uh, I tend to think that uh, this uh, search for a new framework in the Turkey-EU relationship uh, will not be completed, will not be achieved mm. uh, until these set of critical elections in Turkey, their local elections in March 2019, presidential and general elections in November 2019, until those elections are held. Yeah. And in the meantime, um, there is a risk from the EU's perspective that the EU looks at the EU-Turkey relationship in a very transactional way, that it focuses primarily on continuing the migration deal or not disrupting the trade relationship too much, but not necessarily advancing a modernization of the customs union. What do you think the EU should be doing in the next say, six to 12 months to try to reinvigorate the relationship? Well, there certainly are uh, a couple of uh, agenda items uh, that can be advanced uh, even under these uh, more difficult conditions. Uh, one of them, uh, which I try to write about, uh, is the modernization of the customs union deal. The customs union was uh, negotiated and entered into force uh, in late 1995, so now it's been more than two decades and it's in dire need of modernization and expansion. Uh, and the argument is that this is going to be mutually uh, of economic benefit both uh, to Turkey and the EU. But the more important element uh, of this argument is that in the absence of an accession track uh, that does uh, allow the EU uh, to have some transformative impact uh, in its own neighborhood and here in particular in Turkey. Uh, the only alternative that would have a transformative impact because it is going to be a rule-based system is the customs union. Mm. 
every other area of Turkey-EU collaboration and cooperation that we see today, whether it is the refugee deal, whether it's counter-terrorism cooperation, energy dialogue, all of those are essentially transactional areas. So in that sense, the customs union is an exception by uh, transposing the rule-based framework that the EU has in many of the areas related to this uh, project of economic integration. And here we talk about the transparency in public procurement regimes, uh, the transposition of the state aids regime, a, a mandatory dispute settlement mechanism. So all of these will have an impact mm. on the uh, economic governance uh, structures of Turkey. And in that sense, again, customs union is the sole exception to this transactionalism mm. uh, that has now become the more dominant uh, factor in the Turkey-EU relationship, again, in the absence of the accession dynamic. Thank, thank you very much for that. Those are very valuable uh, insights and recommendations regarding the customs union. Turning to uh, the last question regarding the security environment, there's been a lot of attention being paid to Turkey's campaign in northern Syria, uh, the tensions that it uh, has created inside NATO, the Economist has uh, written a recent piece about the Turkey-NATO relationship being an unhappy marriage. Where do you see the security dynamics fit into the broader EU-Turkey development? Since Turkey is a NATO member, uh, the thinking of uh, the uh, security uh, policy circles has, in Turkey uh, has been heavily weighed towards NATO rather than the EU, and that is understandable. But today, uh, the issue is not really anymore on how these security dynamics affect the Turkey-EU relationship. It's become even a more different issue, how the security dynamics affect the Turkey-NATO relationship and ultimately even the transatlantic relationship. Mm. Because fundamentally, even though Turkey is a NATO member, uh, especially after the coup attempt uh, of uh, July 2016, the Turkey-US relationship, which has been uh, a driving force of the overall security relationship, has been uh, greatly damaged. So there has been an erosion of trust uh, on both sides. There has been an accumulation of grievances, uh, of unaddressed concerns uh, on both sides, uh, and in particular with Turkish demands that the U.S. stop the collaboration with uh, the Syrian PYD, which is seen in Turkey as an offshoot of the uh, PKK, or terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the bilateral relationship with the U.S. has reached a critical stage has also affected uh, Turkey's uh, attitude towards NATO uh, and created certainly tension within NATO. An additional dimension to that is the Turkish public opinion, mm. which today finds itself uh, much more alienated and disenfranchised uh, from uh, transatlantic uh, institutions. There is much less trust in the fact that NATO could ever provide a security blanket to Turkey. Uh, so uh, it, this really has created uh, a, a situation that we have not really seen since the emergence of the European security architecture after the war. Yeah, that's a very worrying uh, thought to close this podcast on. But um, I want to thank you, Sinan, for joining me here today. Turkey's relationship and orientation towards the West is going to be something that uh, we're going to be closely watching over the, over the months and years ahead. Uh, fascinating topic. Thank you very much uh, for your time. 
If you want to stay up to date on Café Klingendal and our podcast series, please register at www.klingendal.org.